Eternal Dirtles is sponsored by Patreons like yourself. You can join us at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Yo. Yo. This ox mythic is cray. It's come to break the fucking game. Fuck what Bentham's reveling. It ain't about Oko's venison. Yo, Forsyth. Yo, Lauer. Hey, Rosewater. Ox gon' give it to you. Fuck the cage. The lines can go home. Ox is coming to claim. Legacy as its bitch. And that's the deal. Delve us for noobs. Escape is real. Discard your cards to the yard and pray. That ox flashing back shit's judgment day. Beyond death, where we coming from? He'll do it again. Treasure cruise, fucking child play. What's Watsy thinking? This ox is the enemy. Doesn't matter if it dies. He's discarded. Escapes the vicinity. Exile eight cards. Fuck your tears. This oxy in red is my magic mirror. Damn! Wow! Holy fucking cheese! Pay red, red, then draw three OP! Ox is here to change the game. Stupid fucking tribe, you know shit's insane. Rose water! Yeah, then we draw three cards. Magic is so hot, it's such a recall. Ox gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. Ox gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. First to hit the yard, then you draw three cards. Magic is so hot, it's such a recall. Ox gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. Ox gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Phil Blackman. Phil, how's it going, man? It's going, man. It's going. I'm feeling good after our live stream. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Nate was in town uh, on Tuesday. We're recording on a Thursday. And um, and yeah, we, we went to his hotel and we uh, streamed some some magic. We played a little bit of old school and uh, Phil Phil built a, uh, a pretty interesting uh, dryad deck. So, so I'm, I, I've been, ever since Dryad of the, Ele- the Elysian Grove from Theros came out, I've been trying to bust it. And so uh, I took all of my ideas and I laid them out in front of us on Magic Online while they were playing old school. And then in 45 minutes, I pretty much just sifted it down to what I thought would be the best version of the deck. And then we took it through a league uh, and we like found, found the noticeable holes. And now we're on to the next one where we can fix those holes. We are we are in the thick of the development. Yeah. Um, before we get into that, let's, uh, let's talk about, uh, gr- uh, I guess Magic Fest, New Jersey. Um, oh yeah, dude. You got to tell them about, uh, how, how great the, how wonderfully, um, spacious the room was. Yeah. So, I mean, let me, uh, I, let's, let's do the general stuff. So I, I, I got there on Saturday, <laughs> uh, Saturday after, uh, actually Saturday morning. I, I, I went in early cause I wanted to like buy some cards, see some friends, that kind of stuff. I wasn't going to play in the main event, but. You know, it, you know these things are great to to hang out with your friends, obviously. And so, you know, I I get there and I'm thinking about, oh, maybe I'll sign up for a, a legacy event at 10:45 or whatever. Turns out there's there's no room. Uh, they they'd already closed off the uh the uh, what's it called for the day. So I was like, okay, you know, like I'll just get on the next one or whatever, no big deal. Um, and then a little later on, they just shut down all side events unless you were. Uh, th- these are on-demand side events, so there was already not enough room for the for the legacy event just because it was full. 
and then they shut down all demand on demand side events like you know walk up and you just want to draft or you want to play you know like a standard eight man or something like that all those yeah, shut you, off. You, you can't play magic at a magic fest that's not how this works pretty much uh so because there was just not enough room for people so the um the event was at capacity um itself like the main event um and then they didn't have enough room to do anything else uh uh, they, you know, they, ha- they, they, you could play in, in several side events that were firing at, at like predetermined times, um, but you'd have to wait if you wanted to play in like a mystery booster draft or, or something like that. So I didn't actually play in any of the events at at uh, the main event, uh, the main the main area because I was just like, well, I mean, I've already got like something planned uh, for the next couple of days, so I'm happy to not do that. But at the same time, like, geez, this is a lot of uh, it's a lot of garbage. You know, like it could have been, it, it felt like the whole event, there's, I, I get that there's no, no room. A lot of people want to be there. So technically it's a successful thing, but, uh, it just feels bad when you, when you like, if, if you're not like me and just traveling from Brooklyn to, to New Jersey, not a big deal. Um, and you came just to play inside events or to play commander with your friends. Um, one, you had to pay a hundred dollars if you want to play commander. Uh, they have this command zone thing there that I, I, I suppose is fine, but I don't know, man. I, every time I've ever gone to a Grand Prix, you just sit down with some buds and you play some commander like it's not a big deal. Uh, now you have to pay $100 to get into this like command zone area and you can play pickup games there, I guess. Um, not a fan of that, personally. I, I think that that's kind of crazy. Like I've already spent money on cards that Wizards of the Coast made. I show up to this event to see my friends. I'm buying cards from the vendors. You know, I'm I'm supporting the. I think I spent like three four hundred dollars at this event to support. Uh, you know, the the, the local scene. Uh, the uh, the, you know, I, I want to see Grand Prix keep coming back and stuff like that. So like, of course, uh, you know, I want I want to. I'm out there spending spending a little bit of money spreading it around, but to have to spend a hundred dollars to get like basically no value, like just. I'm allowed to play with people like I could have stayed home for that. You know, I could have stayed home and had a had a, you know, EDH game at my at my house. Drinks would have been free. You will answer me this. Hmm. okay? Is there still money in your wallet? There is still money in my wallet. Yeah, well, clearly they and they know what they're doing. (laughs) I guess you're not supposed to be walking out of there with any money in your wallet. Yeah, Uh, I mean, to play around it. Uh, it, it was look. I'm I'm not gonna pull the whole hygiene issue. That that's whatever. Just you put that many people into that small space, and and it gets it just gets hot. It gets sweaty. I don't think that it smelt particularly bad. Um, uh, the other people will tell you otherwise. I think it was not great, but like at the same time, I just felt like, come on, man. Like there should be a a place for people. And not having these at actual convention centers, having them at, like, what look like, I mean, Grand Prix, New Jersey has happened three times. It's like an abandoned Walmart or something like that. It's just, it's, now it's not big enough. So what are they going to do next time? They, I mean, they realize, they, they have to realize that they made a mistake um, or, or that, like, they could have done better here. And now they have to think about how they could have done better. And for, for, you know, for my money, I think that they need to have either an off-site, uh, venue for side events as well like okay we're spillover happens here or they need to not have it at the same location again because it's not it's just not big enough 
I would also argue that if the question of smell or hygiene at all comes into play, then something went wrong. That shouldn't be an issue at all. Like, yeah, I mean, like I said, it should not be a topic. I don't think that it smelled bad. Like, it was just a room full of people and it was hot in there. That's literally the only thing that I I have as a takeaway. Anybody that's telling you it smelled bad, um, I think was being a, a bit hypersensitive. It didn't smell great, but like it's, I, I wander into a into my local and it doesn't smell great. Like it's it's hey, not man. like it, it's hey. not like uh, you know. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about. Uh, our, our <laughs> why, are you talking gotta, about why are you calling me out? I'm talking about a uh, you know the the other local I go to, and, and that has nothing to do with the <laughs> amount of pe- the, the like the hygiene level. It's just like look, a lot of people get into a space. It's it's it's, it's not ideal. I've worked in bars. They don't smell good all the time. Like it's just, you put too many people into too small a place, and the human condition is is such that you are just going to have, you know, they're they're going to be smells. They're going to be human smells, and they don't all necessarily smell terrible. But you know, they we could do better. We could spread out. I could not be. I I think I went from I showed up wearing uh, a jacket, a zip up a button-up, uh, like, flannel and a T-shirt. I went down to my T-shirt uh, over the course of the day, which is fine. That's why I wear layers. But I don't know. I, 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 I'm less worried about the the heat of the room. Like I said, I have, I have on layers. I can change things up. I'm much more worried about space to play. Like, if you can't go to a Grand Prix and, like, hang out with your friends, you know, it made me not want to spend money on the things that I would have spent money on. Like I would have probably been okay doing the command zone thing, but I was forced into it. And then I was like, absolutely not. I'm, I won't spend money into this. You know, uh, I, I don't think it's like that place was, was not, uh, full the entire time. It was just a giant area that, uh, they cropped off a bunch of space for. So like, Basically, that took away from any other side events that could have gone, gone, which would have been like three or four side events. It wouldn't have changed a whole lot. Um, but on top of that, it was just an empty space that like couldn't be used, and that's a, that's that's a huge bummer to me. Like, why can't we have enough space for players instead of like charging them a premium just to show up? You know, like is this a situation where like the extra like four thousand dollars off of like forty? Uh, you know, 40 people that want to play EDH, like, matters that much? I don't think it does. I think that these things are much more expensive than that. And so to create this, like, weird, like, it almost feels like how, how I feel about EA. Like, you know, I'm already I'm already paying for the game. Why do I have to pay more money to download all this extra stuff, right? That's how I feel about this. Yeah, I think they're, for, like, you, I agree with your side of things, but I also see that they are recognizing that, the majority of their player base plays this one format that they want to monetize. Yeah. They're doing that all this year. They're going to put out, they're going to have one of their best years ever. They're putting out all this EDH stuff. You know, uh, people are going to, people are going to flock to that. It's going to be great for them. Uh, you know, and you know, maybe legacy players will get a couple of cards out of that. That'll be, that'll be wonderful. I, anytime they're not printing a standard set, that's hot garbage. I'm happy. Well, they're never going to print another set. That's hot garbage ever again. Cause it's just going to replace all, all the standard sets are just going to replace all the cards. Apparently, that is that's how it's going to. It's how at least 2019 worked. So, yeah, bro, I, come I, on. I expect to continue to see that. Uh, I, I, you know, when are we going to get our uh, imperial seals, guys? Come on, strictly better imperial seal. It's got to happen. 
Um, no, but uh, so anyhow, like you know, all all griping aside. So uh, Sunday, uh, I uh, I was already uh, ready to play the old school event uh, at the Cheeseburger in Paradise, which luckily was off site. So uh, we we went like a block or two away to the Cheeseburger in Paradise, and I played a five round old school event. Do tell. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm sure, I, I, I'm I, I sure was, you have like, something I'm to say ready about to hear this. this. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I sleeved up my uh, stasis deck. Uh, if you go to uh, Dirtle Magus uh, through Instagram, you can see see the stasis deck. Oh, also, everybody, please let's all before he he dives in and gives us the tournament report. Let's all make sure to hop into the comments and congratulate him for making top 48 in the world out of 50. <laughs> I went 0 and 5. Let's. I'll. I'll. I'll I'm not going to bury the lead. I went 0 and 5. My stasis deck. Um, but uh, I had a. I had a blast. I had so much fun. Uh, that was one of the funnest events I've been to where I was losing. I, I think in the last 12 years. That's. That, I, I can't remember the last time I went to an event where I, if I just like totally bombed out like that that I actually still enjoyed myself. Yeah, I. I was in. I was in round five and having a complete blast. Uh. So my, my first round opponent was uh, was my buddy Blake. Uh, Blake is uh, a, a New Yorker as well, so he lives up in uh, uh, what's called uh, Greenpoint. So we had we had a good time playing. He played this uh, uh, taking turns style deck where uh, he got to play uh, Time Volt and he cast Twiddle and Emerald Charm to untap it, and he'd like untap all his lands and he'd like do something else and draw a bunch of cards. It was it was a blast. It was it was super fun to play against, and I won one game with Stasis. And we went to time in the third game, and so for this particular format, when you go to time, you have to take turns flipping chaos orbs. And the first person who loses, if the other person makes the next flip, uh, they win the tiebreaker. There are no ties in in this old school format. So I lost immediately. I just don't, I don't flip chaos orbs very often. Like that's not a card that you see in uh, in this deck very much. So I just didn't uh, I didn't do it right the very first time. I like to imagine people who are playtesting for old school events are not only trying out their decks, but then trying out their Chaos Orb dexterity. Oh, 100%. Uh, when I've interviewed uh, Wilma Grant a few months ago, he, he said that's that's like ha- half of the thing, man. If you go to time, like that is, you know, a non-zero amount of your games are going to go to time. It's just a much slower format. So it, it behooves you to know how to flip a Chaos Orb. Well, I also think that that can also be certain deck building construction where you can build your deck without win conditions just to not die and then you go to time. And if you're so if you're super confident in your chaos or abilities, yeah. that's your win condition. I mean, I inadvertently did that because my only win conditions were Black Vice and two Chronotogs. Yeah, Chronotog and, is a gentleman's win condition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, round two, I played against Mono Green Stompy. And this is included Scryings, so... We have that like uh, that uh, set, uh, that curated set that's uh, 115 cards between Fallen Empires and Weatherlight. So my opponent just slammed down turn one, Rogue Elephant, turn two, uh, I think he played uh, a Llanowar Elf, and turn three was like Spectral Bears and another Llanowar Elf. And dude was just off to the races. He completely just smashed me in game one. Uh, in game one, I actually had the Chronotog and the Kismet out, but I couldn't find a stasis, and I was like, you know, spending my... Uh, my limited amount of cantrips in this format to, to get to that, but uh, it didn't. It didn't happen. Um, and then in round two, he just waffle stopped me. It was like at one point he had out three rogue elephants and no land. I can't beat that. 
I can't beat Rogue Elephant, man. Uh, do tell what Rogue Elephant is. It uh, is Rogue Elephant yours. is a one mana three three that when it comes into play, you have to sacrifice the forest. It costs one mana. Yes, yeah, like uh, it's Wild Nakato. It's Wild Nakato, but you sack a land. It's uh, no. So then it's uh, Le- Jungle Leopard. I guess is Jungle is- Leopard a three three. Jungle Leopard. I'm probably saying the name of the wrong card. I mean, either way, it was it was a three three that crushed me. It's a hill giant for one mana. Um, yeah, that that seems fine. It was it was great, and River River was excellent as well. Uh, I, in the first game, he actually discarded uh, to hand size at some point because he couldn't cast stuff for like a turn or two. Um, he discarded a. Uh, Primal Order, which would have also been... I, I play a lot of islands, and I play a couple of planes, but I also play um, a couple of uh, non-basics in the form of uh, Tundras and City of Brass. So, with with those out, like, I just can't win with, with, like, a Karma effect on me. Like, there's not a lot I can do. Like, it's just a ticking time bomb for me. I have to keep taking turns. Um, I guess I could with uh, with Kronthal, because I could keep skipping my turn, but... Yeah, it didn't. It didn't happen. So game game two, I I got crushed relatively quickly. I ordered myself a mai tai. I ordered myself a hamburger, and I uh, I just ate a hamburger. And uh, you know, one of the great things about this is in between rounds, all the players like we all know. Everyone here has a love for old magic cards, so we're all sitting there talking about all the old cards. Like, how cool is this? Oh, what are you doing? What's your super secret tech? What scrying cards are you using? And, um, you know, it's, it's just cool to, like, sit down and, like, you know, gab with people about, about their decks. So, uh, I, I don't know, man. That was, that was super fun for me to just get, get a chance to, like, talk in between rounds with people. Um, so then, next, my next game was, ooh, what I play? Oh, I played a, against Arabian Aggro. Um, and that was, I actually did pretty good uh, for, for what it's worth against Arabian Aggro, but I did not get there. Uh, what happened in game one, I lost in game one, and in game two, I slammed a Blood Moon, because I have main deck Blood Moon. Um, game two, I slammed a Blood Moon, and was able to, like, slow him down enough that I was able to uh, get Stasis out, and uh, and I bounced to my hand. He was like, okay, let's go to game three. In game three, let's see here. Um, in game three, uh, I we actually went to time, and in turns, I had out... He was tapped out. I got Kismet, Stasis, and Chronotog out. Um, but so normally, you know, I would I would position myself to be like, hey man, come on, you, you see, I've got I've got the win here. Let me could could you please scoop to me? Um, but because this format has a um, a way to break ties instead of being like, hey, can you can you scoop to me? Um, which my opponent wanted to do. He was like, hey, I think, you know, like, you you won this one. I was like, no, 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 there's a way to do this. We have to Chaos Orb flip, man. And so we did the flip. Of course, I lost the flip. So that was two rounds. Uh, I could have been two and one at that point had I just won my Chaos Orb flips. I mean, you didn't you didn't come in knowing what your win condition was, that's all. Yeah, I mean, just... I should have known better to to learn about how to how to flip a chaos orb. You should have played around not knowing your win condition. Yeah. So, uh, round four, I played goblins, and let me tell you, the goblins deck is very good in scryings because they have access to 
Goblin Grenade, uh, and it was it's brutal. They've got they've got a what's it called a Goblin Elite Infantry. You know, uh, they just had so many good cards. Uh, the girl I played had uh, Goblin Balloon Brigade, Goblins of the Floor, Goblin Digging Team. Luckily, I didn't have any walls, so it wasn't a big deal. Um, Goblin uh, Goblin King, of course. Um, there was one one uh, point where she had out a uh, she had out three Goblin Kings, and I had them all tapped down. But I couldn't pay for my stasis anymore, and she she got to untap and attack me. That was the first game. The second game, uh, I ended up taking uh, no. Sorry, I lost in two games. The second game, I had out Zornorb, Ivory Tower, uh, Copperhead, and uh, and Stasis, and I was just looking for the Chronotog and for her to tap out, and she's she still was untapped. She had out a bunch of creatures. And I was at nine life, so I felt like I was pretty good. She untapped and cast uh, Shatterstorm. And I was like, uh, okay, like, I don't need to get rid of any land. I'm fine. Um, and so that was my fatal mistake there. And then she went in with uh, by attacking me. And uh, the attack would have killed me, but I had a boomerang. So I boomeranged her uh, uh, Goblin King. And she cast a Goblin Grenade on, on it. And that killed me. Like I, Wait, I Goblin Grenade's an instant? Uh, oh, oh, maybe it's not. Uh, she she cast on something else. Let me double check. I think Goblin Grenade is an instant. I might be wrong. I think it is. I think if you... Uh, it, it's, like, just, it's just Goblin Shrapnel Blast? Yeah, I, I believe so. Let me double check, though. I might be wrong. Let's see. Goblin Grenade. Heck, uh, no, it's a sorcery. It's a sorcery. So I, I think she just stacked one of her other guys after damage happened. But sure. um, it, I, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't stop all that damage like and pay for my uh, my stasis the next turn, so I ended up losing. So that was round four. Round five, I played against uh, the deck, and this was a pretty interesting version of the deck because it was uh, uh, it was a like a black skewed version of the deck that played uh, oh what was it uh. There we go. Uh, yeah, it played um, Hypnotic Specters as its like kill card. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So he 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 had four Hypnotic Specters in the deck, and then he had one Sarah Angel. Sarah Angel, I was like, no, I gotta kill that. Um, game well, that's one, also that, that's normal. That's a, a win condition you did. Oh yeah, yeah. The deck, right? yeah, yeah. Norm, normal normal win condition is either that or like a Shiv and Dragon, something big. You know, you play right, you right. play uh, you either play like a creature that you can like swing with with one or two hits and kill. Or you play Sarah Angel just because it's like a pretty solid, solid lifeline. Yeah. Uh, so no, no, no. Just flying vigilance. Vigilance, right? yeah, vigilance. Um, so uh, in, in game one, he got me. In game two, um, we were at, at. I I had one card in hand. He knew it was a, a stasis because I had out Field of Dreams, which is Field of Dreams is bad. Don't play Field of Dreams in your uh, in your stasis deck. Um, and he had a bunch of cards, but he decided to go down to one mana against me, and I knew he had a, a disenchant in his hand. My next draw, um, because I had a Howling Mine in play, I didn't know both of the top of the cards in my deck, so I drew, and I drew again. It was Kismet, and I had six mana, so I slammed Kismet, slammed Stasis, and I already had the Chronotog on the board, and he was just like, 
That was incredibly dumb of me to, uh, he, I think he attacked me for five with his, uh, Mishra's factory, like tapping other factories. And he's like, I should have just attacked you for four. Um, so I got that one and then we went to time. Uh, uh, no, we didn't go to time. We were about to go to time. Uh, but he had enough to kill me. So I ended up losing, uh, th my last match. I was own five. They gave out a bunch of sweet prizes, like, uh, like cards that everybody signed. Uh, Paul De Silva did a great job where he, uh, he, he ran the event he gave everybody a grim, t uh, uh, not grim olive, uh, grinning to uh, totem, uh, and everybody signed your grinning totem. Like everybody, like if you had a uh, anyone you played that round signed your grinning totem. So I have like a grinning totem signed by all my opponents, which is pretty cool. And yeah, it was just it was like a super fun event. Like everybody there was in good spirits. Everyone was having fun. Uh, I didn't see anybody get salty ever. Which was cool. I mean, I was playing stasis. If if anything, I would expect people to be salty when they got locked out. But they were just like, yeah, I mean, we're here. When is the next major old school event so everybody who is interested now can go play? Uh, that's a great question. I don't know the next big one that I'm looking to go to. Um, there might be one coming up pretty soon at GameStoria. Um... Yeah, but I haven't uh, I, I haven't uh, been paying too much attention. I've been uh, a super busy work week, so uh, I'll have to go onto Facebook. I'll post that in the show notes. The next the next big one. Uh, this was uh, in conjunction with the guys who do GloryCon, which is a Philly event. Uh, so th they gave out some prizes uh, for like the person who did the best in both those events and, and whatnot. Um, overall, it was it was a super fun tournament, man. I I had a I had a total blast. I would ten. 10 of 10. I would definitely uh, old school again. I would not play the same deck, but I would definitely old school again. You wouldn't play the same 75, or you just wouldn't play Stasis? I think I would try... So, I mean, I don't play... I don't get to play that often, so I, th I think I'd like to try a different deck. Uh, probably, like, the deck or something like that. Like, a, a version of the deck. I don't want to play, like, you know, the exact 75. Um, but I, I have some pretty funky, uh, fun cards to play. And I think that playing, uh, like pl being able to play the deck, uh, at least in one tournament, just to, you know, get out there and see how, you know, play the best deck, see how that makes me feel, you know. Um, and then uh, and then probably after that, just play like something funky. While Strings is around, I'll probably try and play like some aggro deck or something or something weird. Um, the other the other thing I was thinking about doing in my stasis deck was just having in my having in my sideboard a um, Force Serendib and Force Savannah Alliance and just siding out my Howling Mines and Stasises. Oh, yeah, just do a, a beatdown plan. Yeah, just going on a completely different plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like uh, a classic control move. I, I wonder, I feel like you can't do that as often anymore uh, because there are so many cards that are not only your interaction but also your threat. Yeah, I mean, and so you don't you don't have like the option to be like, yeah, I'm gonna just abandon this and go into a man plan. I mean, with stasis, if if that's what you want to do, you I mean, t immediately remove the stasises. Watch your opponent sideboard stuff in against stasis. Uh, the howling mines are not great if you're an aggro deck. You don't want your opponent drawing more cards. I, I will say this: howling mine felt bad all day long, and there's no there's no replacement for it right now in this format, right? It felt bad all day long because like every time I played it, my opponent would be like, cool, draw a card, disenchant it, so like. Yeah, they got rid of they lost a disenchant, but they also like drew an extra card. They went up a card, yeah. Yeah. Um I I'd say overall that card that card drew my opponents 
an extra card before getting me a card uh, at least at least four or five times in the day. Yeah, I mean that's always going to be an inherent weakness of the card unless I have relic uh, barrier. You can find a way to you have a way to tap it. <laughs> yeah, relic barrier is the way to do it. Yeah. Not worth I don't it. know, uh, Rich. No, it's. It, I mean, because it doesn't do like it's good against uh, Winter Orb, and I had a Winter Orb played against me, and I was like, "Oh, this is terrible." Um, and I still was able to get around Winter Orb because I because I was just like, "Okay, well, I'll just tap for Stasis when I get it," and like I had the Crotog and the Kismet out, so I was like, "I can beat it. I just need to get a Stasis." But uh, it didn't matter. I never got the Stasis. Um, but yeah, I, it's tough, man. I, I, I like the deck a lot. I'm definitely I definitely will play it again at some point. It's it's very Dirtle Magus. Like playing Stasis is like come on. That's just, yeah, that's your archetype. Yeah. It's you that your archetype is Stasis. My archetype is a lot of cards that amount to ultimately accomplishing nothing. <laughs> I mean, if you if you really think about it, like the deck that I played in Vintage. Uh, even Rug Delver, to some extent, is basically a stasis deck. It's just like deny my opponent the ability to do to play his game, play my game instead, win through some convol- convoluted method, win through shenanigans. Yeah, that's yeah, that's my favorite way to do it. Yeah, I, th- th- this event sounds like a, uh, sounded like a lot of fun. I'm like, uh, so so many. Uh, there are so many options for uh, events right now with like pioneer and everything that mm-hmm. I haven't uh, given time to old school, but like every time I hear you guys talk about it or like even getting to watch you and Nate jam a little bit uh, when we hung out uh, the other day, I'm just like, Oh man, this, this is, seems like actually like this format seems like it's delivering the actual experience I want as I'm going through all these other formats. Yeah. I mean, that's, the, that's the beauty of, of playing this format is just like how much fun is it to, you know, play magic like we used to when we were like, you know, 14, you know, that's how, that's how me and Nate feel about it. It's like, we get to just do the old, you know, like, oh, stasis versus the deck versus, you know, okay, I'm going to play something weird with a uh, winter orb and Titania song. Uh, you know, th- that stuff's so much fun when, when, uh, you know, you get you get down to it and you get to play other other people you know like especially if the other people are as excited to do it as you are yeah all right well yeah i mean that's there's not a whole lot much more to say say about it i had a lot of fun uh if you're feeling frisky and you want to try uh this format you should it, it's a it's a total blast i mean i'm i am convinced i just need to now Figure out one where there are events. I guess game story if they have them, and then two, what deck would I like commit to try and build? Yeah, that's the thing is like definitely figure out. You know, th- there are certainly budget decks in this in this format that you can that you can build. Somebody played like if you look at the link, I'm gonna add the link for the uh, tournament write up so you get a good list of all these decks with scryings in them. And uh, one of the one of the cooler ones was like someone built a Merfolk deck, you know. Budget Merfolk. I guess that also cool. You can play with cards like if, if for any of the Eternal players, you can build any decks of old that if you weren't in the game yet. But, but that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I think about the deck and I'm just like, yeah, I kind of want to play the deck that wins 
like with the original elixir of immortality. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, let's talk you about to... uh, your deck, man. Let's talk about uh, the the deck that we uh, that we played uh, with Nate online uh, the other night. So the idea of the deck was trying to essentially build the Dryad of the Elysian Grove. I hope I'm saying that right because I have no idea. Yeah, that's that's close. Uh, Elysian, 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 Elysian. Oh, the I, you know, of the before we get Grove. into this, I should I should mention uh, that I bought three Homelands packs in a gamble. Trying to find memory uh, lapses and failed. Oh, you didn't get your memory lapses? Nope. That's unfortunate. Nope. I but I do now have uh, I I do have, have Folk of Halva, Ebony Rhino, and Willow Priestess. So you're so what's the deck that you're gonna build with those cards? Ooh, I don't think any deck. Oh, so they're just gonna they're just gonna rot. Yeah, they will uh, they will literally be uh, kindling uh, this summer for uh, for fires so that so that I start. Oh, well, at least that's cool. Now you have a story <laughs> to attach to your kindling as you toss it into the fire. Correct. You know, somebody's gonna be like, "Hey, wait, wait, what are you burning?" And you'll be like, "Well, you'll never believe this." Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's go back to talking about uh about uh this uh this dryad of Elysian Grove deck. I was just curious to see like if if there was a way to build essentially a deck that's backboned by eight explorers between. Dryad and Explore. So Dryad, if you don't know, it's a tuna green for 2-4. It's an enchantment creature. It is notably not a Dryad. And it has the card text uh, Exploration. And then it also has the card text Prismatic Omen. Yes. And that's the card. It's a 2-4, right? It is a 2-4. So I was thinking that there was a way where you could build this, you know, lands, this tutorable lands deck that has all these explorers in it, and we even went so far as to play an Oracle of Moldiah as a, an explorer number nine. Um, and essentially, we would play the deck where we had all of these win conditions between Merilaging and Field of the Dead, and then also now Valakut, because when you have Prismatic Omen, it means that all of your lands are mountains, and it means that every land after your at and after your sixth land drop with a um, Dryad on the table will turn into a Bolt. Uh, and what we learned over the course of that uh, day was I was like, oh, man, this deck's going to have so many plans. And we'll be able to pivot to the plan that we want because we have all of this selection and tutoring between crop rotation and life from the loam. We're, we're just we're going to do it. We're going to do it all. Um, and then it turns out that obviously having a plan A and a plan B is good. But having plans C through F, you don't really need. Uh, and so we ended up recognizing that Field of the Dead was just never worth it because by that time you could just Valakut people out faster. Yep. And the 2020 plan was fine if you dedicated all of your resources to making it happen. But then because you weren't playing the parts of the deck that are built to protect it, a la Discard or um, what you call it, the, what's the, you know, in Turbo Deaths where they play the free counter spell. Since you're not built to protect it, people are just now more equipped to deal with it between between Brazen Borrower and other cards of old like swords that dealt with it anyway. So the actual best plan for sure in terms of killing people was either being plan A, you're the lands deck and you try and mana deny them. Or you would go into what is plan B, which is essentially you would try and valicut them with uh, escape shift or you would just... Um, use a thespian stage and copy a Valakut or just find your second Valakut because they're not legendary and you'd go to town. Uh, so the coolest play we had was we recognized it right up front in, uh, I think, is Nate going to put this 
uh, that uh, whole league on somewhere where people can watch it if they want to? I think I think it's up. Uh, oh, on is it? Frozen okay, Divide. On Check Twitch. out uh, yeah Twitch for Frozen Divide. That's uh, Nate's Nate's Twitch channel. Yeah. So uh, in we're we're playing against Mono Red Painter round one, and we have this really interesting game where it essentially gets to a board where they have goblin engineer with a painter in the yard two uh red artifact lands a mountain uh i think a mox opal and that's it that, that their board is that we assume that if they put this painter in we just die right because uh, either they have red blast and they blow up our plans or they just put in a grindstone that they just naturally have and kill us. Yep. And so we have the option where we can main phase a Merit Lage or we can main phase uh, a, um, whatchamacallit, a scape shift. But if we main phase a scape shift, he theoretically, if he has a red blast, he could sack his one of his artifacts to return the painter and blast it and then untap and kill us if he's got the grindstone. Uh, or we could leave up our mana to end step the merit lage. If uh, for I, mean, I don't remember what we were trying to play around, but uh, we could either end step the merit lage, or we could hold up a crop rotation that we had in hand and get a bog when he tries to go for the painter. Yeah. So uh, at this point, we have a dryad on the table, uh, an oracle of Moldaya on the table, and I think we had an excavator on the table. Dryad had done work this game; it, it excelled us pretty well. Yep. So. We pass the turn, and what happens is instead of going for a natural grindstone, he goes for it. He, he just has a, a second painter. So he casts a second painter. And Nate's like, oh, man, like I, we didn't think about that. I think we're just dead. And we're like, no, hold on. And so we look into the deck because we're just like, wait, what's still in our deck? And I'm just like, oh, shit. We can crop rotate and valicut him uh, in response and uh, with um, – and, and hit the painter if he, whatchamacallit, um, if he tries to go for the combo. Yeah. So we, we do that, right? We crop rotate. We shoot his painter servant that's on the table. He tries to weld out the painter we target for the other welder. He does so, but then we crack our fetch, get another land, and Valak could figure and kill that one before he can kill us. It was so sweet. And it's at this point that I was picking up beer and uh, sushi. Yeah, yeah, he was on the sushi. I was out of the room. Um, but that's when we knew we were like, okay, maybe maybe the fact that this deck has this means of interaction, uh, it can actually like do some work. And so we played a couple more games, and then we played a bunch of rounds where we just recognized that the deck was ex- uh, really soft to like fatties. Yeah. Like we were just struggling against like Tarmogoyf. Because our only answer to it main deck really was um, Titania and block it. <laughs> it was block it, yeah, block it in the in the abstract. But the actual only like legit way we had to deal with it was a maze of it, which yeah. obviously is fragile because most timer got decks are going to be wasteland decks. So we recognize that as a flaw, and so we come back around and I put together a list where um, the other thing we were talking about was when we were playing. I was just thinking to myself, man, these Sylvan libraries are excellent. But what we really don't want to be doing is naturally drawing off the top. And we were only playing two Sylvan Libraries. So we were like, you know, this deck would probably just be way better between crop rotation, the fetch lands, the recurring fetch lands, like being able to stack your library for Oracle 
Um, maybe if we added a courser or two to the deck that you the, the card you actually would just want is brainstorm. Big surprise. Uh, and so even though adding brainstorm to the deck will make you softer to chalice, we kind of have solved that problem too with this new list. We're going to post this list in the show notes for anybody who wants to give it a try. But right now where we're at with it is we have eschewed the main deck uh, dark depths plan. That's just not where we're at. Like there are, be- if you want to be dark depths thing and like, that's your main thing you're trying to do, there's just better versions out there. You don't need to be on the, uh, eight explore plan. That's just not, not necessary. You can just turbo it. You're yeah. better making merit ladies on turn two. Um, so we got rid of that plan. And then we also got rid of the field of the dead plan because, uh, field of the dead one, it, it really makes it so you have to be playing a lot of different lands, which is, which is fine. But, it doesn't come online until you have seven different lands, right? So it's actually slower than Valakut in both getting online if you have a Dryad in play, which is what you, the whole point of the deck is having a Dryad on the board at all times. So it's slower in that regard, and then it's also slower killing them because you are making a bunch of tutus, which may not even necessarily be better defensively because if you can get the Valakuts online, then you can just start bolting down their team or bolting their walkers or bolting them. Yeah. So we got rid of those. We got rid of those XX plans, and now the deck is just way more focused on. We are going to be the mana denial deck in game in, as our plan A, uh, as we just out resource them with more lands in play, and then we will ult- eventually. The way we kill them is just either nickel and diming them with Valakuts, um, going long because you have all of these explorations. Now the win condition instead of playing a main deck scape shift, which is going to be bad some of the time, um, we have I've moved over to do Fay of Wishes. Because now I get to have scape shift plus anything else that I want. Uh, so the crux here's the the back of the creature list of the deck is four of your dryad, uh, two fey of wishes, an oracle of Moldiah, which I could see becoming an Azusa if you wanted to. Okay. I just think that having the lands off the top is really important. Same thing uh, on that same idea. That's why I also am playing a courser of crucifix. So that's my eight creatures. Four Dryad, a Corsair, two Fey of Wishes, and an Oracle. Don't worry, I'll send you. I already sent you this list. Uh, and then our spells are: we have four Exploration, obviously, back at the backbone of the deck. The four Brainstorm, because we added it because we realized we wanted it. Uh, four Life from the Loam, our Plan A. Three Punishing Fire, you're the Lands deck. It's your best means to deal with aggro. Uh, two Sylvan Library, because they had overperformed with us in the first one, and I don't feel like cutting something that's bad uh, from something that we have uh, we're still going along with. Uh, and then, where are we at? Uh, two engineered explosives. Um, and now that we, I've, I've brought up the engineered explosives, uh, I can go to the other creature in the deck, which is Trinket Mage. Now, I think Trinket Mage might just be, like, Trinket Mage is my pet card, so it might be too cute. Um, but Trinket Mage, to get your engineered explosives, and then our lands, having Academy Ruins, it's the old-school way... I remember when, like, um, Blue Lands decks, before they got Thespian Stage, would play Talaria West, uh, a, uh, I'm sorry, Talaria West uh, to get Engineered Explosives and then also to tutor up Academy Ruins. So essentially they would be able to loop um, Engineered Explosives to consistently deal with the board over and over and over again. And that gets even better because with Dryad, you w- theoretically will be able to max out the EE. Uh, so that's nice. That means that you can deal with anything uh, up to CMC5 that people would play. I can't imagine any permanent that's bigger other than, like, Angler, maybe. 
But. Yeah, I mean, and we can deal with an angler like in, in that situation. In a situation where we have all access to everything, I think we can we can either block an angler and just take and like just deal with it, or like go to the next game. Yeah, you know. Uh, in in the previous version, we had one Ramunep excavator main and one in the board, and it overperformed. Obviously, having a crucible of worlds is very good. And now, since I'm playing the academy ruins, I just decided to swap that. Uh, excavator to become a crucible crucible of world so if they hit it you can academy ruin it you essentially can recur anything at any time so theoretically your deck is just always going to have access to all of its things assuming you just have one part of it to get the other yeah uh and then the last uh two slots are flex slots for trinket mage and aether spell bomb because we're soft to merit lage if we don't have a way to deal with it, and this gives us uh, a couple of outs. It means that we have a Maze of If to deal with it, we have a Caracas to deal with it, and now we also have an Aether Spellbomb that we can tutor up to deal with it. And then uh, you theoretically uh, can keep them off if you just recur your Aether Spellbombs and leave it on the table with your Academy Ruins. So you have, you, have, you have ways to, you have outs to play to. And then the last slot is an Expedition Map, because I figured if uh, we're going to maximize Trinket Mage as much as possible, even though it's exceptionally slow, that you can use your Trinket Mage to essentially tutor for any land in the deck. Uh, and then, so that's it, 28 lands. And so you have 32 spells, your 28 lands. Pretty uh, common suite of lands that you would think. The only specifics are three Grove, which is pretty standard, two Valakut. Uh, you want to be able to um, kill them without needing the Crucible of Worlds in case they wasteland you on the first. Once Valakut comes down, if you have a Dryad, the game really does end fast uh, because Dryad by itself is already an exploration, which means that if you have uh, a land or any way to play to actually make those land drops, their life total just dies, goes Yeah, down I mean, you can, you can do 12 damage if you have uh, fetch lands, like two yeah, fetch lands, so boom, 12 damage. Once you get to six lands plus dryad, like the game ends fairly quickly. So you don't necessarily you don't need to go to the full four because it comes to play tap and there are diminishing returns in that. Um, but it is a red uh, a red source which does come up for punishing fire um, recursion when you want to be casting it multiple times a turn. Yep. Um, you naturally want to have uh, some number of uh, ver- a variety of colors in your deck anyway to turn on your ees. You're primarily a green deck that is both splashing blue and splashing red. You're not really a, a three-color deck, even though you have access to all of these colors. Um, but otherwise, uh, you have Academy Ruins, which is a flex here, a Teleria West, which is a flex here to get anything you want, uh, including your Engineered Explosives, uh, one Maze of If, uh, your Bog, your Caracas, pretty standard. Waterlog Grove is a way to cycle. I'm playing that over the Tranquil Thicket just as another means to play blue so I can get a blue source in there for my Brainstorms and my uh, Fae of Wishes. Six Fetch Lands. Uh, I did a split on uh, Two Islands, Two Forest. And then you play your Duels. Hopefully they're black-bordered. And your Four Wastelands. Yeah. Duels, hopefully you're black-bordered. Yeah, so now... Uh, moving on to the sideboard. Uh, sideboard is pretty much a Fey of Wishes package. Uh, we left two flex slots in here for you to put over to whatever meta you think is uh, you're going to be playing at. If you're playing this at a local, it's probably going to be different than what you're playing against online. So we left two slots open because Fey of Wishes is going to be able to get any non-creature card you want. So you can either get a land. It's just non-creature. So it's, it's pretty open. Um, also, Fey of Wishes is also very good with Loam. 
So uh, for Fey of Wishes, it's a uh, it's a wish you can get any non-creature out of your deck. But then also when you uh, cast it from for its adventure off of its adventure for one in a blue, you can pay one in a blue and discard two cards. You can do that anytime, and if you do that, you pick up the Fey of Wishes. So when you have a loam going, you're always going to have lands in your hand, so you can just pitch those, and essentially you can continuously loop to get whatever cards out of your sideboard. So we found against Mono Red Prison that we were having issues against, obviously, uh, Dryad, Arbor, or Dryad of the Elysian Grove can beat a Blood Moon, but uh, we realized that we can't beat a Blood Sun. So <laughs> Blood Sun was really hard to deal with, actually. It actually just blanked, it blanked our deck. We blanked the whole not, deck, yeah. Because the whole wing, the, the, the way we win, both of our plan, both our plan A and our plan B, in this deck at least, relies on we are trying to mana deny you, which means we need Wastelands to be turned on. Um, our plan C was, was attack with two fours. Yeah, and then that, that didn't really work out so <laughs> no. well. So, um, we wanted ways to deal with that, so we, we upped it to, uh, we're playing two Force of Vigor in this deck. Uh, I only kept it at two because if you bring one into your deck post-board, it means that between that and the Fae of Wishes, you have way more access to it. Uh, so we have two Force of Vigor, an Ancient Grudge. You want to be able to uh, hit uh, your... Uh, you want to be able to hit your, oppo your opponent's stuff. I put in the Ancient Grudge. I could see it becoming a shenanigans. Uh, if if you think that that's better, I figured just having the immediacy was just going to be uh, the immediate two for one was just going to be better here though. Yeah. Um, but feel free to change. I'm not married to it. Uh, our uh, graveyard hate is we obviously have the bog package in the in the deck, but then we also have three lay out line of the void in the board and one Tormod script. I get it. Three lay out on the board. Phil, why aren't you playing four? That's the obvious mistake. You should always be playing four. I agree. Uh, in this first pass though, I wanted to play the Tormod script as a means of um, if we get, let's say, uh, if we have a turn one exploration, we can go uh, turn two Trinket Mage uh, and pick up our Tormod's Crypt and then play the Tormod's Crypt. And against decks where you don't necessarily want to be bringing in your Ley Lines, but you would like to have more access than just the Bog to deal with Graveyards, uh, that's a nice little move where you can leave the ley lines on the board, but bring in the Tormod's Crypt and be happy that you have access to Tormod's Crypt with Academy Ruins to then start looping the same way that we were doing where we had the trick of we would waste our own bogs and then using our excavator, bring our bog back and bog them every turn. Uh, now you can do something similar where you can Academy Ruins just pick up your Tormod's Crypt so you can always have a Tormod's Crypt on the table. Uh, aside from that, we have a Pithing Needle. We want ways to deal with Planeswalkers, more ways to deal with Planeswalkers. Um, I get we have Engineered Explosives, but when you're taking out Planeswalkers, those are going to be pricey. Um, I purposely eschewed putting an Oko in the sideboard because Oko was very poor for us in the first build that we did. It just was never impactful enough, even though the card's broken. It would just always eat uh, a Red Blast, or it was too far behind on board to ever be relevant when you're, you're turning off their thing. Um, it was just too narrow for us. So I, I shoot it here, but if you think it's good, uh, put it in. Instead, the Planeswalkers I chose to play were Jace the Mind Sculptor. I wanted to have a pivot condition against opposing um, Grave Hate, dealing, dealing with our Punishing Fires and our Loams, which people are going to do. Uh, and then also a Dak Faden, because I figured if we wanted to deal with artifacts, we could also just steal them. Obviously, also you have the Punishing Grove combination here. The Loam uh, Dak is also very good. Um, it's just more ways to sift through. It's good with library because you can get chafe off the top. Um, and then, uh, in this deck, if you can protect your deck going in a, in a stalemate position, you have a lot of ways to just steal their shit. It's pretty good. And then of course, 
want to escape shift because sometimes you just want to get them dead. And so you have access to escape shift. And then there's two open slots for you, our listeners, to go and do what it is that you do. Comment below. <laughs> Comment below the podcast somewhere, anywhere. So, yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's the monologue on uh, Eternal Dirtles uh, of the Elysian Grove. Yep. I, uh, I I don't know, man. Like, I, you know, you and Nate often get me thinking maybe I don't need to actually have to play all the blue cards. But, uh, dude, it, it made me realize pretty quickly uh, all this time I just refused to ever not play blue. And then we played a league and turns out I was right. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's super fun. These these like, uh, you know not tier one decks that we've been messing around with are, are a lot of fun to play. And often they win in ways that are super satisfying. Um, you know, like I said, but they're not tier one, you know, like it's, it's okay to not win every match, you know, as long as we're having a good time, especially when we're all hanging out, we don't get to hang out with Nate that often. Uh, and Nate's on a flight right now, which is why he's not here. Um, you know, so it was cool to hang out and we had some, you know, we had some great moments where like, uh, Brendan was like, Hey, I don't think he's playing Chalice. And Nate was like, yep, he's definitely not playing Chalice. And the guy cast Chalice and we like immediately, it was was time. It was time to almost too perfect. Yeah. It was so good. But, uh, yeah, I think I uh, adored that. I think that kind of sums it up for us. Uh, you have anything else? Yeah. So, (laughs) well, we'll put, we'll post that deck in the show notes. Uh, give us your comments because, um, it's very possible that this is, um, the list that if, um, uh, we are able to go to any of the big legacy events, the 20 K in Missouri and the 40 K in Missouri, if we get to go to those, um, this might be the deck to just bring, right? If we're only going to be able to play legacy a couple times this year at big events, you might as well have fun. Yep. And, uh, it seems like these are the, like after the league that we played, uh, even though the deck was misbuilt, man, was it a blast. So, um, one thing we also learned is that uh, Nate has played way more Titania than either of us have. That is definitely true. <laughs> um, so. By a lot, yep. <clears throat> well, anyway, congrats again on making 48th. Yep, thanks. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so, yeah, this will uh, go up on Monday. Uh, so happy Monday to everybody. Um, and then I won't be around for two weeks. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to Europe. So, uh, Nate and Phil, I leave you guys to figure out uh, the, the podcast for, for a couple of weeks. Yeah, if everybody's wondering why he's going to Europe, it is the uh, celebration tour for being top 48 in the world. Yeah, that's definitely, uh, you know, they, they they take it very seriously over there in Europe, uh, so, that old school right. format. Well, yeah, I, was definitely the, I was definitely the top, the, the number one uh, stasis player in, in, the, in the tournament. So. Well, congrats to you. <laughs> Have fun in Paris. Yep. Nate and I will try and hold down the fort. Sounds good. I'll see you guys in three weeks. Night, everybody. The worst ever design year out of Wizards was 2019 with War of the Spark. Horizons, silly food tokens, Mystic Forge finally broke Mister's workshop. The worst ever design year out of Wizards gave us static abilities on Planeswalker cards, a one-sided Null Rod, a free 8-8 legend, and a ley line. 
back on whack in a brand new format. sure believed in their hearts they were helping by pushing the characters in their story arcs so they stopped after like five minutes of testing Oko and moved on to the fake playtest cards and even though Cyrus won a GP with Storm Red and Six somehow made legacy worse and this was how cards got sent to the bandless while you could still buy them in packs when you punish your players for playing your game, don't expect them to thank you for give you the worst ever design year out of wizards. Didn't even get the fixes right. Ban true name. Ban.